What's up, everybody? Zach here. One of your two favorite pairs of balls in the podcasting game. Since corporate America is still sleeping on your boys, and we don't have any advertisements to promote right now, in lieu of that, we're accepting Venmo donations of $2 for whatever you'd like us to say on the podcast. As long as it's not anything hateful, mean, cruel, anything that'll get us canceled, anything extremely negative, we'll go ahead and say it. If it's a joke, if it's something loving, if it's just something fun, if it's you talking about Paul Pierce sharding, for example, we're all about it. Just go ahead and Venmo Sean-Janos, $2, and he'll say whatever, and then go ahead and Venmo Zach-Lane-15, $2, and I'll read whatever you want. Thanks a lot, everybody. Now back to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the much-anticipated ninth episode of the Balls Out Podcast. Now I know it's been a while, we haven't had a pod since before the NBA Finals, but we're a couple busy guys, we got a lot going on, but here we are, doing the, the best we can, launching our episode right now. Zach, how are you on this Saturday morning? I am tremendous, Shawnee. I'm excited to be back potting with you. We have been some busy bees buzzing around the hive, tending to our queens, as good little worker boys do, and I'm just, I'm pumped to get back at it. We got a lot to talk about, finals are done and over with, draft came and went, free agency is coming up uh, on August 2nd, <laughs> Monday? Monday. My birthday? Oh shit. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we get this out before then. Yeah. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah, your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday to me. I get fucking free agency, dude. It's the most... Ex- Honestly, might be my most exciting time in the NBA is free agency. I just love to see all the fucking players moving around. Oh, yeah. The NBA is a 12-month league, you know, year-round. Never a break. Never a quiet moment. Never. Nobody sleeps, dude. We fucking grind. We stay up, we watch everything, we know everything. Oh yeah. Now first things first, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, the whole gang on winning the NBA championship this year. It was a very, very good series. Um, shout out to the Suns for putting up a good fight. Uh, took a 2-0 lead and then the Bucks went and won four straight on the back of the Greek Freak. Yeah, baby. On the back, on those fucking gigantic ripped up shoulders by his, he just put the fucking team on him and carried him to the end. I mean, didn't fully put the team on him because he did get a lot of really good help. Chris Middleton showed up big time in the series. He had a couple off mm-hmm. games to, at the beginning, but he came through with a 40-piece one night. He was, like, their go-to scorer at the end of pretty much all the games just because he can get a shot off on pretty much anybody, even though it's weird to think of Chris Middleton as the clutch scoring guard or guy on a championship team. It's very strange. Right. But Drew Holiday played some excellent defense, too. Oh, Uh, he was amazing. Bobby Portis came up big. Yep. Like, they had really good contributions all over the roster. P.J. Tucker took five shots in the entire series (laughs) or something like that that was still so valuable. In that closeout game six, he had the highest plus minus. He played 36 very great minutes, taking only one shot. He was a superstar in his role, you know? 
classic. Mm-hmm. Classic fucking competitor right there. Right, and there there weren't many points to go around in that game six with uh, Giannis scoring 50 of them. 50 burger, 50 piece. 50 of the team's 105 in the, in the closeout win. He had 50-14 with five blocks. Shot 17 of 19 from the free throw line. Just fucking remarkable considering how much he struggled at the free throw line. He got memed real hard for taking the full 10 seconds every time. Opposing crowds would give him the countdown or the count up. They'd go one, two, three, and they'd usually get to 10 because they're counting a little fast. But he shoved that back in everyone's faces, making a very high percentage of his free throws in that game six. They counted so fast every single time, dude. They, <laughs> they would get to 13 or 14 every single time, and the refs would not blow the whistle and stop it. The refs are like, yeah, dude, he's just taking the full 10 seconds. The thing about that, though, that I just don't understand with uh, Giannis taking that long, I mean, he made he was 17 of 19, like you said, which is unbelievable fucking free throw shooting. That's like, that's like as good as probably most good shooters could do in a game. Um, but it seems weird to take the full 10 seconds, like, if you're a bad shooter. I feel like having more time up there to think about it wouldn't be good for you, but who knows? Giannis is a champion now. Right. I'm a St. Thomas, I'm a St. Thomas More free throw shooting one-time champion, maybe, so (laughs) I got some credentials on my resume, but nothing as glorious as the NBA championship and finals MVP. And regular season MVP and defensive player of the year that Giannis now has on his mantle. He has literally all the fucking accolades that you could want in the league right now. And he's only 26 years old? Yes, sir. Only 26. That's f- fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, most guys don't uh, don't reach the peak of the mountain that early in their career. It took Jordan till he was 28. It took LeBron till he was 28. There's a, a big list of guys. It took Shaq a while. Shaq had to take his lumps in, in the finals early. Not Giannis. Yeah, he also had to leave Orlando and go to L.A. Right. Like a coward, dude. Yeah, Giannis. Giannis. Mm-hmm. Superstar who stayed. The superstar who stayed. A few days after, he made an Instagram story with um, Kobe, Dirk, Hakeem, and another player who's escaping my mind right now who all uh, won championships with the teams that drafted him without really giving an explanation as to why he did it, but people figured it out pretty easily. Yeah. Was it Larry Bird and Magic Johnson? Uh, I don't think it was either of them. Damn. Two guys that two guys that won championships and stayed their whole careers. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, was it Tim Duncan, maybe? It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. I think it actually was. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. I love to see the guys that... I really do love to see the guys that stay and win like with their teams for their whole career. Or even if they don't stay the whole career, if they stay like the majority. Like, Paul Pierce bouncing around at the end of his career, I kind of even forget about that. Just because like, him winning the championship with the Celtics, he was there for so long, and it was such like such a release when he won it after just all the shit that he had been through there. Right. That, the Wizards and Clippers and Nets years, those kind of just all like blend together into nothing. Yeah, and it's not like he left in free agency. He got traded to the Nets, you know? Yeah, exactly. So the Celtics kind of fucked him there. Yeah, well, that's the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fucking guys over. Giannis is at, 
Giannis just had like a tremendous series. He had a 35, 13, and 5 with almost two blocks. <laughs> what Didn't even play 40 minutes a game. Christ. Yeah. But in that game four where Middleton exploded for 40, they really they really uh, needed Middleton to do that. That was one of Giannis's worst games. He only had 26. <laughs> yeah, I know. So crazy only to say 20. That. Only 26. He had a he had 20 in game 1 where he was playing through that injury. He people weren't expecting him to come back so fast. He can he went in, took only 11 shots. Lost that game 1. Lost game 2. Game 2 he's had 42 and 12. He was back to his back to his original self by then. But back on his bullshit. I just think it was Super resilient of the Bucks to you know win both those games at home, then go on the road that pivotal game five, take the dub there, and then go back home and finish the job with all the momentum. Yeah, that game five was a fucking tough one too, because they really there were multiple moments in that. The game five was uh that was the Drew Holiday steal, correct? Yep, that was the Drew Holiday steal. Picks uh picks books fucking pocket steals his lunch money. Takes it coast to coast and then throws Giannis the lob. Definitely called him a nerd after robbing him for his lunch money. Oh yeah, that was quite embarrassing. And I stuffed think- him in a locker, gave him a swirly, came up with one of the fucking coolest finals plays of all time. Oh yeah, and the game before that was Giannis's fucking crazy block on Aiden's alley oop. Oh my god. I'm getting fucking torqued up, dude, thinking about these plays. That Giannis play was... That block was sickening. Just shading Chris Paul coming through, like, closing out. Chris Paul might go for a floater or something like that. Too scared because Giannis is right there. Okay, perfect. Guys make these plays all the time. Trey Young does it all the time. The guy comes up for the floater. Okay, you throw the lob to John Collins. Chris Paul comes up, comes for the floater. Giannis comes up. All right, perfect. Lob to DeAndre Ayton. Giannis somehow spins, jumps up, and swats Ayton at the fucking apex when he's coming down with value. You just never see guys do that. You never see guys defend both guys in the pick and roll and like have the lob pass go through and have the lob finish get blocked. That's something that doesn't happen in a basketball game, and Giannis made it happen at the most decisive moment of the season. Yeah, that's why he's a fucking freak, bro. Oh, yeah. He's the man. I, God, I really love Giannis right now. I'm so, I I wanted, I mean, we both, we both nailed it. We both picked the Bucks to win the championship. Did yes. we pick, did we both pick Bucks in six, or did we pick them in seven? <laughs> uh, did you, you pick them in six? I pick six, you pick seven. Nice. All right. Yes, sir, I finally so, got one. <laughs> dub for you right there. Yeah, the one, the one that matters most, right? Right, <laughs> the one we the one we didn't bet on. <laughs> Fucking a, so clutch. <laughs> yeah, but turning it over to the Suns, I mean, great season by them. No one expected them to get this far. Feel bad for a lot of guys on this team. Like Chris Paul is the obvious one. He uh, has had an amazing career. This is the first time he ever made a finals, and just kind of gets his heart broken, you know. And he's 36 years old, so yeah, how many more, how many chances? more opportunities yeah. Yeah, is he going to have to win a championship? And especially because literally everything broke right for them <laughs> to make it to the finals this year. They had Anthony Davis get hurt in the first round. Jamal Murray 
<laughs> Jamal Murray. Um, it seemed like Michael Porter Jr. was playing with some kind of injury. Will Barton had just gotten back from injury. The Nuggets had other injuries. They got to play them in the second series, and then they got to play the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. So a team's either first or second best player was missing in every single one of those series that let them get there. Right. I mean, they had to overcome a Chris Paul injury early against the Lakers. Mm. Managed to. Um, the Bucks had to overcome a Giannis injury in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks. And DiVincenzo out for the... I think whole playoffs, right? Yeah, which forced him to play Connaughton, who was just downright bad. Um, in the game six, yeah. he <laughs> he was minus 21 in 23 minutes. He was the only player that was... Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Teague was also minus in two minutes, but he was the only player that played actual minutes who was very bad. <laughs> they were way better. Jeff in the, Teague was <laughs> he had, minus in two minutes. He was minus That's five so in two sad. minutes. Oh my god. That's so embarrassing. Right. Bobby Portis was their savior off the bench. He was the guy that uh, they were able to go small with with Brooke Lopez out. New York pride, baby. Former Nick Bobby Portis last year. Now he's Mr. Milwaukee. All those great lessons he learned playing for the Knicks took him to Milwaukee. Got him a championship. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) More players should take notes, bro. Another guy I felt really bad for was was Book. You know, he had had two 40-point games in these finals. Did downright everything he could. He's still young. I mean, there's a great chance he'll be back. But the the image of him looking at the court as the confetti's falling on Milwaukee's celebration, and he just kind of says, damn, under his breath. Couldn't help but feel for the guy there. That fucking hurts. Yeah. And then at the same time, fucking Kendall Jenner's probably texting Ben Simmons right then, just like... Yo, maybe the Devin Booker guy doesn't have it, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, and Ben Simmons yeah. does, right? <laughs> She's like, wait, Ben, are you getting traded to L.A. or what? Because <laughs> maybe we can make this work. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's close that distance. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Booker, though. I mean, like you said, he is... I mean, uh, I mean, I mean... What, uh, I mean... <laughs> was he 24? I He's gotta be like 24 or 25 and it's just fucking hard to get to the NBA Finals you would have thought that Chris Paul with the career that he's had would have been to the NBA Finals before the age of 36 so there's certainly no guarantee that Booker will ever get back there Right. But you gotta hope that he does cause he is so fucking fun to watch the shots that he hits he hits the shots that I love so much that are just people classify as just bad shots in the NBA because it's just like fadeaway mid-range and like turnarounds and step backs that are all mid-range jumpers and those are the most fun and coolest shots those are the fucking mellow shots dude I was gonna say I can tell you're a mellow fan (laughs) yeah that's what I fucking grew up loving dude so seeing Booker do it is really really cool and I'm rooting for that guy and the Suns have a really good team still so they're all very another year of growth yeah, a year of growth from Booker, a year of growth from Aiton, from Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, all these guys, if they keep Chris Paul, they're going to be, I would say, better next year, just with like more chemistry, more internal growth, not having a COVID season, maybe, yeah. <laughs> we shall see, yeah. they better as uh, things keep going on in the country. Yeah, but. They, they better hope that they're better, because the entire league is going to get better, guys are going to 
return to health. The Warriors are going to be back on the table again. Yeah, the Nets should be getting healthy, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but the, the third guy I want to mention is Aiton. I mean, he had a terrific playoff stretch up to this point. Then he just kind of meets the freak. Giannis just constantly got him in foul trouble. There's nothing much he can do. He finished game six with five fouls, game uh, five with four. And you just uh, you just got a good porn title right there, too. <laughs> Aiden meets the freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The freak and dominating. Yeah, he, uh, he was swallowed up by Giannis, if I can say. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he just... Well, he had a really good game one, too, of the finals. And then from there, it just kind of fizzled out. But he's also 21 or 22 at this point. So I have yeah, very high like, hopes for DeAndre. It's in his third year, I think. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that was his third year in the league, his first time in the playoffs. And the fact that he performed that well, and especially defensively to be able to perform that well, right. that's usually where young players get caught up, so... Yeah, and that was kudos to DeAndre, and he's the man. That, that was the big dig on him in the in that draft, that 2017 draft was or 2018 draft, one of those where um, 2017, where his de- his effort on the defensive end was a big question mark, and he's really seemed to figure it out. He, he cares on that end. Yeah, I think having Chris Paul was huge with that too, because Chris Paul is probably like, "Hey, dude, get your big ass in the paint and start fucking playing defense." <laughs> Or I'm just never going to pass you the ball. And it's like, all right. Right. <laughs> That's good. Because it's not like Cameron Payne or like Tyler Ulis can just be like, hey, DeAndre, and start playing defense or I'm not going to pass you the ball. And Tyler like, Ulis, dude. the number one pick. <laughs> I still fucking love Tyler Ulis, even I, though he's like 5'9". I don't think he's on a team. I don't think he was on the Suns this year. I don't think he was either, but I think he's on... Oh, uh, he's on the Grizzlies. Oh, really? Yeah, he's Jaws' backup. Oh, gross. <laughs> Come on, man. I know he's shorter than me, but he's still got some talent. Jeez. <laughs> or maybe I have a chance, is what we're saying. <laughs> so we're, t- we're talking about Aiden's draft. Let's uh, use that to segue into this year's NBA draft, the 2021 draft, which just concluded Thursday night. Oh. The top three were spoiled by Woj earlier in the day. <laughs> and every subsequent pick right before it got announced was also <laughs> spoiled by Woj through the night. Yeah, this was like the first time I hadn't watched, I didn't even watch the draft broadcast. I just sat in my living room on Twitter refreshing Woj's uh, feed. Well, that's where you fucked up because you missed Jalen Green's hair, which looked fucking tremendous and so unbelievably braidable. It looked great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that top three, very stacked, very top-heavy. Or I, I shouldn't say top-heavy because there's some guys in that lottery that could be good, but those top three were head and shoulders above the rest, being uh, Cade Cunningham going first to the Pistons and Jalen Green going second to the Houston Rockets, who I feel had the best uh, first round of this draft. And then um guy I really like, I, I shouted him out in our uh, pre-draft episode, Evan Mobley, going to, uh, yeah. going to Cleveland. Yeah, I just found out Evan Mobley 
can do backflips just like standing on the ground. Like not like backflips into a pool or like on a trampoline. Like he could just be standing next to me right now and he could just do a backflip and land it. And he's fucking seven feet tall. Dude, if I saw a seven foot person do a backflip, I'd probably fucking I don't even know what I would do. It'd be I'd like seeing probably... a fucking mythical creature, like seeing a unicorn. Yeah, right. I'd just I'd probably run. <laughs> I'd shit my pants and I'd run. <laughs> As far away as I could get, because that's a dangerous guy right there. <laughs> Very dangerous. But you're saying the top three, though? I think the guy who's also in that category of guys who could be like franchise-changing players, he dropped down to number five, but I think Jalen Suggs is the fucking man. And I think Jalen Suggs is going to be an all-star point guard in this league. I think Suggs is awesome. It kind of sucks he went to the Magic where, where good draft, draft prospects kind of go to die. That's true. But, yeah, I was really hoping he would go to the, the Raptors and then they wouldn't re-sign Lowry and he would just kind of be in that uh, front court with Van Vliet. Me too. But he does have pretty good opportunity on the Magic because right now Fultz is still out. I think. I don't think he'll be back for the beginning of next season. Mm-hmm. And they have Cole Anthony, who was their starting point guard this whole year since Fultz was hurt. Right. I think they'll toss Jalen Suggs right in there ahead of Cole Anthony because Jalen Suggs just has the pedigree, and he was the number five pick who was supposed to go in the top four. I think Sugg- I think Suggs and Cole Anthony are like, they can be complementary pieces together, you know? Suggs I think is, so too. Anthony's undersized, pretty good offensive threat. He can score off the dribble. He's got a solid jumper. Suggs, he's going in as like one of the best perimeter defensive prospects in this draft. He's got good size. He's six four, over two hundred pounds. Can guard any with that body. In theory, he can guard most guards in the league. With his body. His body. <laughs> and he could play on or off the ball. He was used to doing that at Gonzaga. Which, if Cole Anthony starting it. If they just have those two guys playing together and, like, Cole Anthony's the ball handler, point guard, and then Suggs is kind of... A lot of people have compared Suggs to, like, a Drew Holiday type of guy where he can play on or off the ball on offense and then is just guarding the best perimeter guy on defense. He's just big, strong. It's like, 6'4", has a long wingspan, and just competes every single time. So, mm-hmm. I think... I really think Jalen Suggs is awesome. When he got drafted, like... He looked. He just looked so confident. He looked actually happy to go to Orlando too, which is crazy. That is wild. Uh, fucking and Cade Cunningham when he got drafted looked so upset. Like, not maybe not even so upset, but he just looked so serious. And I was like, dude, isn't Locked this in. like the biggest moment of your fucking life right now? Why don't you show some emotion, dude? <laughs> yeah, I, I I like Cade. I, of that top three. As big of a Mobley guy as I am, I'm also a really huge Cade guy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to... That's not a knock on Jalen Green either, though. I think all three are very good prospects. I'm not just saying that to cover my ass. I think that <laughs> all three of them are going to be very good. I think everyone in the draft will be good, except if they're not. Yeah, except for the ones who are bad. <laughs> but... I, th- I I like the fit that Cade can have next to my man Killian, you know. <laughs> Your boy, <laughs> my boy Killian Hayes. I I mentioned it um, on the last pod that we did before the draft. Cade, he can guard multiple positions. Six eight, really big. Already's got an NBA body. 
He's smart. Can handle. Hopefully he'll be able to shoot. Uh, he's got good touch around the rim, so that hopefully that, that, that should translate to uh, three-point shooting, hopefully. Shot 40% from three in college. Very good. So that it's really good to start right there. I mean, Brandon Ingram also shot 40% from three in college. So Right. That one bamboozled me at the time because <laughs> I... I'm still a big Brandon Ingram fan, but I thought he was going to be fucking drippy when he came into the league, and his three is still not really there. Yeah, he finds other ways to score. Yeah. But Cade, the way everybody described Cade, it just, and it is funny because he was the high, this top draft pick by the Pistons. Uh, everything that was described of like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, ball handler, gets everybody involved, is basically just like a big point forward. He sounds a lot like Grant Hill. Like a Grant Hill type guy, mm. where it's like you don't really you don't know exactly what his jumper is about, but I mean forty percent from three in college. But a guy that goes downhill to the basket and can make everybody better. That was supposed to be the deal with Grant Hill until he got hurt. So, and that was with the Pistons, and now the Pistons have maybe the Grant Hill successor right here. Yeah, and I mean they've very quietly put together some semblance of a young core with those two guards, Tony Ham and Hayes. And then also with um, Sadiq Bey, had a very impressive rookie year last year, kind of a stretch mm-hmm. four. Um, Isaiah Stewart's still kind of a prospect uh, project. Fucking beef stew, dude. Yeah, beef stew. <laughs> Love it. And um, I'm not Jeremy sure. Grant's just a good piece to have still, like no matter right. what. They could, f- they could probably flip him somewhere. I mean, you could definitely... He makes $20 million. That's too much for Jeremy Grant, but it's still, you could flip that somewhere anyway. It's a tradable contract. Yeah, $20 million is nothing today. Yeah. They're talking about fucking Duncan Robinson maybe getting $20 million, so. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, Jeremy Grant, he's one of those players that a contender would love. 3 and D wing. Those, mm-hmm. those guys are hard to come by, guys who can fill out a, a playoff rotation. So if they make him available, he'll there'll definitely be a lot of uh, interest in him. Yeah, so I think the Pistons are, the Pistons are definitely pretty solidly set up for these guys to all grow together, and for Cage to just be the front runner, the foundation in between everybody, and just the connector. Right. And then you mentioned that you thought the Rockets had the best draft of the the best first round draft, and I'd probably it, between the Rockets and the Magic, I'd probably agree with you because they got Jalen Green, they got. The boy, Alperin Shangun. I love Shangun, dude. I'm very high <sighs> on him. Me too, bro. Oh my god. Just a big throwback fucking Turkish center. I mean, he could just end up being Enos Cantor. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe there's more to his game. Oh yeah. Because the way I mean the way he plays and everything, it does sound like he could be Enos Cantor. Like he's a low post just a low post threat. Got some shooting touch, pretty good passer, plays absolutely no defense. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pin a guy with um, a good NBA body as a, a bad defender. I mean, he's six ten, two forty. He's only eighteen. He's one of the young guys in this draft, but he's he seems true. he seems a lot more mobile than uh, than Cantor ever was. He's got better like feel for the game. Yeah. 240 is definitely slimmer than Cantor, I think, has ever been. Although oh, yeah. Cantor has been very, very good shape. 
but right. he's just so fucking slow on his feet. That's the thing to see about Shengun is if he just has the foot speed and if he's able to keep up. I mean, he'll, he'll never... Um, it's so tough for any center to fucking keep up with guards on the perimeter, and so to expect that from him would be a lot, but to at least be able to move his feet and slide around like in the paint and be able to protect the rim, that'd be huge. Right. Um, then another, the guy that took next, uh, I really like too, uh, Usman Garuba. Oh, yeah. Garuba's awesome. He's like a, a Jeremy Grant type, like a fucking big-bodied 3-and-D wing, like someone built like OG Ananobi, where he's just big, strong, long, and has got a pretty good jump shot. Big, strong, long, fat dong, mm-hmm. most likely. Plays high energy. He's, uh, he's from Nigeria, right? Um, I think he's from Nigeria. I remember I watched a little bit of him playing against Team USA like a week ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's he's just a fucking huge guy. Dude. <laughs> he looks so big and strong; it's crazy. And they project him as like a six eight kind of, kind of like a six eight center type role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's probably gonna end up playing a lot of the four naturally, you know. Yeah. Get some minutes at the five, maybe. Teams yeah, are playing small. Small, yeah. ball, small ball five, fucking right. lock up. Seems like he's a good fit next to Shengun. Those two, they have complementary skills. Down low. Yeah. And then Jalen Green is just... Mm-hmm. He looks like he's going to be fucking phenomenal. He has so much athleticism, so much shot-making ability, and seems like he can fucking blow by just about anybody right now. And they're talking about him being kind of a project and that he won't be that good right away next year, but... I don't know. He's one of the G League guys. Yeah, I feel like compared to these guys coming out of college, he has so much more experience already against NBA players and in NBA systems that I feel like he's going to be one of the more ready players to just come in and start getting buckets, start making an impact right away. Yeah, I think those guys that play pro ball at some level kind of get um, a better feel for the NBA game right away. Like, these G League guys, I have my eye on them. Um, I think Luca really set the, the the trend with that. You know, he came from a professional league in Europe. Um, LaMelo, too, playing over in Australia. or um, Yeah, in Australia. And um, oh, Speaking of fucking yeah. Luca after, uh, did you see what Luca said about how he was like, yeah, this is, like, playing international, and he's like, yeah, this is why I said it's easier for me to score in the NBA, because they just give you a bunch of, like, easy fouls in the NBA, and, like, <laughs> you actually get, like, muscled and bodies, like, playing international basketball. I, th- that's so funny. That's, like, such a bad look for the NBA, I feel like. Honestly, yeah, the FIBA refs are making the NBA refs look pretty fucking bad. Yeah, these NBA refs gotta fucking take notes and stop rewarding guys for just like stopping on a dime and fucking jumping up into somebody's face. Mm-hmm. And it's making the USA players just look so stupid playing in international basketball, like whining about all the not getting any calls and then losing to inferior competition. Right. You gotta learn how to play the game. Mm hmm. So another. Well, uh, all it is is just playing the game and not trying to fucking game the game, basically. Right. Yeah. True. Another G League guy from the, he actually was on the same team as uh, Green, who's on the Ignite, was uh, Kaminga, who the the Warriors took at seven. 
And that was a pretty um, polarizing pick because, you know, Kaminga's kind of viewed as this project. He's got this big, awesome NBA body, but doesn't really have touch or feel for the game yet. Um, he's only 18, one of the youngest guys. But the Warriors have really gotten themselves into this situation where they're just picking a bunch of projects. They picked Wiseman last year. This year they came away with, uh, with Kaminga, and then with the 14th pick, picked uh, Moses Moody, who's another guy who's just like a freakish body. Yeah, I think... Uh, well, first, I think when my dad was uh, pronouncing Kaminga to me and trying to say where he was going to get picked, it sounded something like Conalingus oh <laughs> right <my>. around there. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> uh, but I think I'm interested, I'm really interested to see Kaminga playing in the G League and how, instead of going to college, and how that will affect how ready he is next year. Because Wiseman was really, really raw, and he went to college, but he also only played like four games or something like that before he got hurt. So he really was getting no experience like during that whole time. At least Kaminga did play in the G League bubble and just got those NBA reps and, I mean, figured out everybody realized like how raw he was he shot like 38 percent from the field or something like that in the g league and but you're an 18 year old kid playing against grown men you just came out of high school and you're trying to figure it out so maybe he learned from that maybe he's been putting in the work this off season and he'll take some of the lessons of just what happened to him in the g league and prepare himself for the actual nba season i also think a guy like Kaminga ending up in Golden State is probably the best case scenario for him because they just have a pretty good player development system right. and good guys to learn from. Like Draymond Green will actually make him play defense. And if he had gone to like maybe the Magic, he'd just be jacking up fucking 15 shots a game and not playing any defense and not learning winning basketball. So I think it's. I think this is a good pick by the Warriors. A lot of people seem to think they're going to just end up trading Moody and Wiseman and Kaminga and whatever else to get a superstar. But I think if they kept Kaminga, I think maybe he could end up playing like that Harrison Barnes-type role for him. He's got to be able to shoot, and he, he really hasn't shown a semblance of a jumper. That's true. But it's I'm just surprised that they took like this guy's got a lot of question marks about around him when they're trying to contend now you'd think they would take a more polished prospect like Franz Wagner was still on the board um I like Wagner I'm surprised they didn't take him me too he seemed like he would really fit into what they're doing then Chris Duarte he's a 23 year old he played all four years in college he seemed like that you know polished NBA ready wing who can come in play defense and shoot that the Warriors could really use right away. Yeah, I think he could have, Duarte probably could have stepped in and played the Harrison Barnes role instantly mm-hmm. instead of maybe growing into it and like by the end of the year or next year or something like that. I think Duarte would have came in just been flat out good on defense and shooting 38 to 40% from three or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I pinned Duarte as a player that would come in and help a team right away. Um, it's interesting the Pacers took him. The Pacers are kind of caught in limbo here where it seems like they could try really hard and get a low seed in the East, like be a play-in team or maybe get the eight seed or something. Um, yeah, so, they're they're in a weird spot right now. Yeah, so Duarte going to that situation is 
a little strange. But thirteenth yeah. pick, that's a, that's a solid pick. Yeah, I agree. I think. Uh, so you mentioned Franz Wagner. The Magic ended up getting him at number eight. So they ended up with Suggs at number five and Wagner at number eight. Those are two two good picks. looking like tremendous picks because Suggs could be a cornerstone, and then Wagner. Everything that I was hearing about Wagner, and they said he grew to like 6'10", 6'11", or something. Right. He sounds like he could be an Andre Karolinko type of guy, where he's just tall, long, and kind of just does a little bit of everything. Like, he's got a little bit of shooting to him. He plays really good defense. He can switch over and protect the rim in a pinch. He gets steals. He kind of hangs with guards. He's a pretty good passer. Seems like he's a guy that just knows the game and makes winning plays all the time. Right. So it is surprising for the Warriors not to go with that kind of guy and to take more of a project. But I like the Kaminga pick there. Yeah. If, if they were planning on trading these prospects, they, they should have done it while they were still draft picks because once you make the draft selection, that pick loses so much value. Yeah, it's like driving the car off the lot. Exactly. So if, if they do package them together, we'll see what they can get from that. Like the three of them and like Wiggins maybe can get them yeah someone who can help them it is it is weird though i was definitely expecting the warriors to not use both draft picks on draft night right so sounds like they just couldn't a get a strange. deal done yeah there were uh there were definitely less deals in the top that were there were were there any deals in the top 10 i don't think so um no there weren't yeah i don't think there was actually a single lottery trade so that was kind of surprising right yeah. Um, another weird pick I thought was Davian Mitchell going nine. I, I saw him all over the board on mock drafts. He could have gone anywhere, it seemed. But the Kings just seemed like one of the worst fits for him. You know, they got De'Aaron Fox. They drafted um, they drafted Halliburton last year. Now they're going with another guard. David Mitchell's pretty small, six foot. He's already 22 years old. It's just kind of baffling why they would pick um, a guy who can't play anything besides point guard when they have two very good point guards. Yeah, the only the only way to explain it is if the Kings already know that this, when free agency opens up and when they can start making deals and stuff like that, is if they kind of know that they're going to trade Deer and Fox. Otherwise, I don't know why you would spend the number nine pick on the guy that you're projecting as your backup point guard for the future. That just seems to make no fucking sense, and it seems to be malpractice right there. Yeah, especially, like, there were other, like, if they still wanted to go with, like, a scoring guard, Book Knight was still on the board. Book Knight was, and he's 6'5". Yeah. Like, you can slide him next to Fox or Halliburton. Yeah, right? And even you could probably play all three of those guys together sometimes, because Halliburton's also, what, like, 6'5", I think. Right, they did they did those three guard lineups a lot last year with Buddy Heald at only six four being that uh that third guard out there with those other two guys. So now you still have Buddy Heald and you have De'Aaron Fox and Halver and and a six foot guard to pair with them. It's really fucking weird. I would expect the Kings to be making a deal once free agency starts happening. Yeah, they which have... if they do trade De'Aaron Fox, oh baby, I would love to see De'Aaron Fox go to any other team because I think he's <laughs> fucking tremendous, and he's just wasting away in Sacktown right now. What could the what could the Knicks do to get him? Uh, dude, we could absorb him right into our cap space. We 
<laughs> don't even. We don't even have to give up anything. <laughs> oh, the Kings will probably take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, right. Clear up room for future star Davion Mitchell. <laughs> I well, we have we have all of our future picks. I don't think the Knicks would give up R.J. Barrett uh, in a De'Aaron Fox trade, but I think pretty much everybody else. It's like Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, and I think pretty much everybody else is up for grabs. And I think I'd be comfortable with pretty much anybody else being up for grabs. To upgrade from, like, quickly? I would definitely do it. Throw quickly in there? Yeah, I think De'Aaron Fox... De'Aaron Fox already is 25 and, like, 7 or something like that. And as good as quickly was his rookie year, I don't really see him being a starting point guard. I see him as more of a six-man type of guy. So... And I would, God, I would love to root for fucking De'Aaron Fox on my team. I just want the Knicks to have a fucking good point guard. But we'll get to the Knicks' point guard situations and options and free agency talk. Um, Speaking of book night, uh, he went to the Hornets at 11. He was (laughs) mocked as high as 6. But, like, if you you asked anybody three weeks ago, he was probably going somewhere in the late lottery to the 20s. So he Mm kind of averaged out, fell somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, it looked like averaging out was not at all what he wanted because it looked like somebody fucking murdered his dog right before the Hornets called him up on the stage. He looked so fucking angry to be there, Mm. which is weird because it does feel like the Hornets are a pretty good fit for him if he just gets to play next to LaMelo and just LaMelo's the natural passer, going to put him in good spots to score, and then he's the scorer. That seems like a good marriage. I love the fit there with uh, Book Knight. They've got a, a lot of good um, young, bigger guys like Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, developing down there. They can they have a solid young core there, and they, they overachieved a bit last season, and I could see them taking kind of another leap this year, especially if LaMelo Ball continues to improve. Yeah, I also like the trade that they made with the Knicks. I like the trade from the Hornets' side so much better than the fucking Knicks' side because they <laughs> traded down, or they traded... I think future assets to get the Knicks 19 pick and then drafted Kai Jones with that one who everybody said had lottery talent. He's a seven footer who moves like a guard. He's super athletic and is extremely raw right now, but has the kind of design of like basically like a three and D center type prospect, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. He could be like a, he catch a lot of lobs from Lomelo, you know, be a, a good rim runner right away. All you gotta do is jump, catch, and dunk. That's it. It's so fucking easy. Yeah, when he, you're seven feet, you can jump through the roof. Yeah, and then the guy that went right before him, I talked him up a bit, uh, Trey Mann, going to the Thunder. Um, not quite sure how I feel about the fit. They have a, a bunch of guards there right now, pending a Kemba Walker trade. But... I think Trey Mann, I, I, I still think he's someone that can come in right away and score off the pick and roll, hit threes off the dribble, just be an offensive threat. Yeah, they also took another guard with their sixth, the, the first pick that they had in the draft, the sixth pick, they ended up with Josh Giddy from Australia. Who, Giddy. I'm not it sure was how I feel funny about when Giddy. They, 
Yeah, it was really funny when they had, like, the checked boxes thing of, like, showing what guys were good at, and it was basically none of the boxes were checked for Giddy. It was, like, athleticism, no. Defense, no. Shooting, no. Like, intangibles, no. It was, like, feel for the game and passing is pretty much all. Or, like, ball handling, no. Everything was just fucking blank for him. It was so sad. He's just who you want standing at the top of the key to swing the ball to the other side, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like, I feel like I could do that. Yeah. He's getting drawn comps to the the guy he's been working out with in Australia, Joe Ingles, but without a jumper or the ability to dribble. Yeah, or like a taller Ricky Rubio, but without the speed or ball handling. <laughs> like, no <laughs> yeah, so basically just like a bad shooter that can pass well. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I don't like that pick even a little bit. Even after all that, I fucking I love the pick. <laughs> I'm all about Josh Giddy, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking sucked in on the hype right now. You're getting giddy about Josh. <sighs> I'm fucking giddy about Giddy, dude. I'm excited <laughs> for it. And also, like, that's another guy. It's kind of like the Poku pick where the Thunder are just like, we're probably not going to be good forever. So let's just draft guys that we think have high upside, and then hopefully in a few years it'll pan out. And then if not, we still have a 1,000 picks left. So (laughs) we can just keep on making moves. So the guy that went 15th, Cody Kisper, I'm a huge fan of. He went to Gonzaga. He's just a fucking... Six foot six white three point shooter. <laughs> that, that Joe Harris build, you know, that fucking JJ Redick type guy who just runs off screens no. and hits threes. I don't, I don't like him going to the Wizards because the Wizards are so there's a lot of uncertainty there right now. I kind of would have liked him to see. To, I would have liked to see him go to a contender like the Warriors. Could have picked him over Moody. <laughs> They should have, probably. Could have been their bench unit, Clay Thompson, you know? Yeah, I kind of like... Uh, I kind of like Kisper going to the Wizards. I actually think there's... I think there's more certainty in Washington now without Russell Westbrook there than there was before, because I think... Like, there's so many trade rumors surrounding Beal, but everything that Beal says and everything that Beal's been saying for the last year and a half is just... I'm not leaving. Like, I want to stay here. I want to sign the extension here. And so now with the the Westbrook trade that we haven't talked about, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, now they have some good role players around Beal, and Kispert's a guy that should be able to contribute right away. If they just get a – feels like right now what they just need is a point guard, and then they should have a pretty competitive team right off the bat. Right. One thing I didn't notice until right this very moment is that Kispert and Rui Hachimura played with each other. At Gonzaga last yeah, year, yeah, baby. So maybe pretty that, awesome. Maybe they were thinking of that when they took him. I like that the, the zag connection, dude. They're zagging when everybody's zigging. They know what's good. Ooh, <laughs> good headline. Thank you. So you want to talk <laughs> about uh, the guy that the Knicks took in the first round with the pick that they kept? Uh, <laughs> fucking, fucking grimy. <laughs> yeah, picking the grimiest dude in this first round. <laughs> Elon Musk's wife, Grimes. That's who the next guy. <laughs> yeah, they picked Grimes. <laughs> and we got fucking Symbol Baby, whatever his fucking name is, as a throw-in in the draft. Uh, yeah, I 
here's what I'll say about Grimes. I literally know nothing about him, and I was very excited when I saw that the Knicks drafted Kai Jones and Keon Johnson, because I knew a little bit about them, and they seemed like they had good potential. And now they got a guy who I know nothing about, but I'll start watching some highlights, and I'll definitely talk myself into it sooner than later. Uh, to be a Knicks fan and talking yourself into <laughs> everything that they do. You gotta do it, dude. You gotta just fall in love with the delusion. <laughs> it's the only way to get through right now. Right. They have a embar- embarrassment. Like we have a plan. <laughs> yeah, they have an embarrassment of riches in cap space, and they just added to it by trading down to the uh, this pick and picking a guy. Yeah. So hopefully they do have a plan for your sake. <laughs> Let's hope, dude, because I was excited about the draft picks, and now I'm excited. Now that pushes my excitement. It just, like, delays my excitement for free agency, because now it seems like we'll get something good to happen in free agency. And then if we fucking blow it in free agency, then I'm just going to be very disappointed. So at least it delays either... Either I'll be excited in a week, or it delays my potential sadness. So, you know what? It's not too bad. I'm just in limbo right now. Right, and uh, we'll be talking about free agency right after this short break. Hey everybody, Sean here. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to give a shout out to my awesome, terrific, super talented girlfriend, Megan. Uh, She's a super talented artist. Her Instagram is at M-C-A-S art underscore that's m-c-a-s-a-r-t underscore she makes awesome sculptures she has this great collection of woven sculptures she also paints takes awesome photos does great graphic design work she's truly a jack of all trades so give her a follow and check out some of her work now thanks back to the show all right everybody we're back from that short little break we wet the whistles we got ourselves warmed up we worked ourselves into a lather of excitement for this nba free agency period coming up on monday and Ooh, yeah we got a lot of nicks signings to talk about because that's where most of the star <laughs> free agents will be going <laughs> Yeah, they're the only team in free agency that's going to be making moves. <laughs> that's, they're the Just only the team in the league that matters at this point, basically. That's <laughs> what you're saying. But right. we do have they, the most cap space out of any team. So. You also have the most projected cap space. This, this is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so get fucked all you other teams that have actual good rosters that you don't need to pay new players to come join right now. You idiots. Oh, yeah. You think they'll hold out for, like, uh, see what Chris Paul and Kawhi do with their player options? Well, they have to make... Chris Paul and Kawhi will have to decide on the player options before free agency starts. So, at least they'll get to see that before they start paying anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they do opt out, then I wonder if they'll wait to see what the deal is, if they're going to re-sign for longer contracts, or... I don't know. I don't see the Knicks like going on a crazy spending spree and just paying guys like right when free agency starts. Like what happened in 2016 when we got fucking Joakim Noah for like four years, seventy million. That was so ass. <laughs> fucking disgusting, dude. That was that shit. There were so many dis- so many bad contracts at free agency. Yeah, that was fucking 
everybody. That was right off the bat. Timothy Mozgov and Joe Akimnoa both signed for like four <laughs> years, seventy, and it was instant regret from the Lakers and the Knicks. Yep, that's where the Hornets got themselves in trouble with Nick Batum's contract. Oh, and that I think that was the same one when uh, was it the Rockets? And, did the Rockets sign Chandler Parsons? Did the Mavericks sign Chandler Parsons to like a fucking big deal that was over twenty million or something? Might have been the Grizzlies. Oh, maybe. Oh, I think it was the Grizzlies. I think they might have pried him away yeah. from Dallas. Right. Ew, dude. <laughs> this is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That was the the cap spike where uh, the Warriors were able to come away with KD. And everyone else got shit. Everybody else got fucked. And the Warriors won two straight championships. <laughs> yeah, that was a sick time for everybody else in the league. Right. So, let's say that Chris Paul and Kawhi do resign. Mm-hmm. Who's the Knicks' top target? So, right now, I'm thinking the Knicks' top target is probably Kyle Lowry. Because... If he leaves Toronto, he's going to be chasing a big deal somewhere. There's not too many places where you can get a big deal, unless it's like a sign and trade. Then he has some more options. But what they're saying right now, the Pelicans might want to offer Lowry a big contract. The Knicks might want to offer him a big contract. The Mavericks might want to. I think he would be high up on the Knicks list just because he's a good point guard, which is something the Knicks haven't had in 20 years. He competes hard every day, he's a good leader, he moves the ball, puts guys in spots to succeed, plays really hard defense, and is like a 40% outside shooter at this point. So he's kind of just like a complimentary weapon in all regards, and a guy that would make all of our young guys better. So I think that would be good, but it's scary to pay a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry a big contract. I think you're forgetting all about Jeremy Lin. The best Knicks point guard that we've had in the last 20 years. I forgot. I did completely forget about that. I forgot that he, just after when he went to the Rockets, and then pretty much immediately flamed out of the league. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, How would you feel about, like... I know you'd be pretty stoked about DeMar DeRozan, because you're a huge fan. Love DeMar DeRozan. Fuck, we'll play him at point guard. But how would you feel about Victor Oladipo? Don't want him. Don't want him. Not even at all. Why not? I'm terrified by the injuries that he keeps racking up right now. I think he's just going to have to rehab, and it's going to take him a while to get back to where he was when he was on the Pacers, if he ever gets back to that point. So I think the ship has sailed with Victor Oladipo. I think he'll still be a good player, but I don't think he'll ever be any kind of star player again, so I don't think it's worth it for the Knicks to go after him. It does. I, th- I feel like some desperate team is going to end up throwing him a bag. Yeah, probably be the Heat since they traded for him. That would be interesting. Yeah, because he's on, I mean, he's technically on the Heat right now. He's going to be a free agent, but they traded right. for him. I think they'll try and re-sign him. It'll, be, it'll just be interesting to see after like this injury now, too how he's going to come back, how he's going to look right away. Yeah, I'm curious what that dollar amount that is going to be. How, how much money someone is willing to risk on him. 
Yeah, the Heat have other free agent options too. Because another guy that is certainly a target of the Knicks is Duncan Robinson from the Heat, just because he's one of the best shooters in the fucking league right now. And they're saying Duncan Robinson could get like that Joe Harris biggie bag that's like nearly twenty million a year for multiple years. That's that precedent for that white guy who can only shoot. Yep. I like Duncan Robinson a lot, though, because at least he moves around a ton. He's, like, constantly running off screens. Just he shoot, his, his shot is just fucking crazy wet, and he definitely competes, too. And one thing the Knicks really, really need right now is shooting because we have nearly no outside shooting, and especially if we get rid of Reggie Bullock, then it's all over. Right. All right, I'm going to give you a few other options at point guard besides Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry. Okay. They're free agents. Throw some names at you. Here's Mike Conley, Dennis Schroeder, Lonzo Ball. That have to that would likely be a sign-and-trade because he's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to throw another guy in there. Resigning Derrick Rose. Mm. Also, Dinwiddie's out there, too. <laughs> Right across, oh, I right across the city, dude. Yeah, add him. He, he. I think he did something on Twitter recently. I can't remember what exactly, but he did something on Twitter to indicate that he would like to go to the Knicks. I mean, so here's what I'll say. We'll probably get all those guys because <laughs> we're the top destination on the market. Everybody wants to go to the Knicks. But my preference would be... My preference would be none of those guys. My preference would be if we could trade and get Colin Sexton from the Cavs because it seems like the Cavs aren't too long for Sexland anymore. They are tired of all the jokes. They don't want to be inappropriate. They're a professional sports franchise. They're trying to be fucking serious here. So I guess they're trying to break up Sexland. It seems like they don't want Colin Sexton. They don't want to give him an extension. The guy averaged like 24 a game last year. I would love for Colin Sexton to be on the Knicks. He would be a, such a fucking cool Tibbs guy. He's a guy that plays hard, competes a ton. He's actually a better shooter than I think people realize because he's like, right now, I'm pretty sure he's like career 38% in the NBA from three. And he was like 50% from the field last year, too, on a shitty team. So he's the only one who's really getting like defensive attention. I think Colin Sexton would be really good for us. Uh, besides that, I think I I don't think we should get Conley. As much as I do like Lowry, and I would love to see Lowry on the Knicks because he's just a fun player and he's a winning player. If they're gonna give him a huge contract over multiple years, that scares the shit out of me. I'd rather them go with mm-hmm. a young guy. Um, if they could get Dinwiddie for just a decent price. I think that'd be interesting, too, because before his injury, Dinwiddie was really good. So the thing that I found I found on Twitter happened yesterday. Bobby Marks tweeted a picture of the Knicks' salary cap space and the available, the available a list of available point guards, which was Larry Conley, Ball, Schroeder, and Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie quote-tweeted it with just the, the thinking emoji, <laughs> the, the hand-on-the-chin thinking emoji. Oh man, dude, I love the fucking mixed signals and misdirection that goes on by players around free agency time. That seems to be the hottest emoji. All you have to do is, dude, if I was an NBA player, any fucking rumor that I was involved in, I would just 
either tweet or like on Instagram comment just the eyes emoji right underneath everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody would just be like, oh, dude, he's going to the Lakers. Oh, but look at I think he's going to go to the Bucks. Oh, wait, is he going to go to the Knicks? And, oh, you could get everybody fucking, everybody like us, all the fucking, just like the NBA analysts and stuff like that, going crazy because of that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that too. The the speculation. There are people out there who like keep track of who players are following. They'll be like, "Oh man, Russell Westbrook just unfollowed Bradley Beal on Instagram." It's all over, baby. They're breaking up. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, that's something that we ha- haven't even talked about yet. The Westbrook to LA trade. Yeah, big time, dude. Big time, yeah, so- fucking crust. I would say. <laughs> So the Lakers gave up Kuzma, Harrell, and um, KCP along with some picks. Yeah, their first for rounder from this past Russell year. Russell Westbrook. Yep. And because of that trade, the Lakers. Well, the trade hasn't been officially completed yet because they have to wait until like August 6th or something like that. But if the trade goes through, as reported, the Lakers with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook would have they'd have those three guys Marcus All and Alfonso McKinney's partially guaranteed five guys and they're at over the luxury tax already what about uh, THT they don't have Horton Tucker under contract his contract's up they'd have they have to re-sign Alex Caruso Horton Tucker uh, and any of their other free agents oh lord yeah so the Roster is well, fucking bare bones and also has just about zero outside shooting whatsoever. Do they have a mid-level exception? Um, maybe. They must. There's no way they're using it on Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they must have a mid-level exception, so you should be able to get somebody decent in there. <laughs> but, I mean, because it's the Lakers and because they have those guys and guys want to play with LeBron and everything, they should be able to get some decent player to get in the mid-level. But still, that's fucking scary. <laughs> like, not having any shooting and being basically capped out already with four and a half guys. Yeah, very tough spot for the Lakers, but those top three guys are all very fucking good. Yeah. Whether they'll fit next to each other, that's yet to be seen. Because Westbrook is a the most unreliable three-point shooter I've ever seen. And free-throw shooter. <laughs> yeah. LeBron and AD can shoot. It's depends on the day, I guess. Yep. I, I remember AD hit that massive three against the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals <sighs> last year. Why would you? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I was having fun. This is a good talk. (laughs) (laughs) Now I gotta fucking go back to that moment where Jokic turning fucking Anthony Davis into barbecue chicken was immediately overshadowed by Davis's three. (laughs) Because of Mason Plumlee's stupid fucking garbage ass that can't pay attention to somebody on a fucking inbounds with two seconds left. (laughs) God. (laughs) Alright. Rage is over. Alright, let's let's do some speculating on Lonzo Ball. He's he's one of the hottest names in free agency right now. This is balls out, so we gotta shout out the balls. 
Oh yeah, shout out Lonzo. Shout. We talked about Lamelo earlier. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't think Leangelo is gonna make the cut. <laughs> no. But shout that out Lavar. That name's not coming out do. of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Lavar. I love what you do. Uh, you're entertaining. I think you're funny. I think you're all right, Lavar. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I'll go with that. Yeah. So the I have two destinations in mind for Lonzo. Neither of them are the Celtics or the Knicks. And it's um. Then why are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> the first one is uh, the Clippers. I like how you would uh, how you'd fit there. Fits what they're doing there with their awesome perimeter defense. They need a point guard. Reggie Jackson's contract's up. Um, he moves. He keeps the ball moving. He'll he'll take the ball up the floor. Set up. Kawhi and PG in ideal situations. I just like to fit there. Yeah, I think that's good. Just because, yeah, like he's the Lonzo's not a ball stopper at all. He and like he's not a ball dominator as a point guard either. He just keeps it moving. So that'd be really good for the Clippers to have when Paul George and Kawhi are kind of two guys that need the ball in their hands to really operate for the most part and kind of want to dominate the ball more. Uh, so as a point guard fit, right. that would be really good. Plus he's six 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 seven with a long wingspan. Like, if that's your starting point guard, and then it's like, so it's if it's like Lonzo, Paul George, Kawhi, uh, Marcus Morris, um, Zubats or Serge Ibaka. Like, it's just it's a lot of big guys out there. Except Kawhi probably won't right. be out there for the entire next season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Taking that ten to twelve month ACL rehab. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I wonder if the Clippers will try and just sign like one year deals with guys just to kind of hold over and hope that then when Kawhi's back they can really try and get more help and compete again. Right. Um, it it does seem like it's some they have to prove to Kawhi that they're a good team without him to entice him to stay. Yeah. Yeah, because Kawhi could just opt into the last year of his deal right now, and then just wait and become an unrestricted free agent next year. So, if he if right. he does that, then the pressure's on fucking big time for the Clippers. Right. Right. Um, the the second team that I have in mind for Alonzo is the Atlanta Hawks. Mm, that's interesting. I I, th- I think that's a great fit. Yeah, him and Trey fit beautifully together. Trey's a, a minus on defense, big offensive threat, loves having the ball in his hands. Lonzo can play off the ball, pick up the other team's best guard on defense, and, again, not be a ball stopper, keep the ball moving, throw lobs to Capella, swing it around to all those great shooters like Bogdanovich, and I think Gallo's a free agent, but if they resign him, then Gallo. Yeah, that would be... I think that'd be a really good fit right there. What do you think of... Uh, mm-hmm. Lonzo potentially on the Mavericks. Oh, that's interesting. He'd compliment just as he would compliment Trey very well. He'd be really good next to Luca. Um, they have a, a void to fill if they don't resign Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. So and, yeah, and that's like, good because I mean Luca's like a dominator, and then Lonzo can play off the ball and just keep the ball moving when he gets it too, and then like really good in transition. So. And then brings that defense next to him. 
And if those are your two guards that you have out there on the floor, that's a very big lineup. That's a fucking super size me backcourt right there. That's fucking huge. Like 6'6 six, six and 6'8. Six, right, and you're not giving up spacing for that if you get big guys that can shoot. They'll have KP out there, I would imagine. Yeah, unless the sign-and-trade... Unless the sign-and-trade is Lonzo for KP, and KP goes to New Orleans and plays with Zion, which is what I already, I already thought that would be a fucking good fit anyway, like, talking about it last year. That would be a, a pretty awesome fit. You have the super athletic, bouncy, short, muscular guy, and then you got the tall, lanky, space the floor... Can he be a rim protector guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what sucks about Porzingis, dude, with just his injuries and everything, is that when he was with New York, he was a really good rim protector, and then right. instantly just fell off with the Mavericks and the injuries that he had. But, you know, we've talked about Porzingis. We've talked about how I still have high hopes for Porzingis coming into this year. I think he's going to be legit. Yeah, if he can just stop being so fucking soft, maybe get some rebounds and block some shots, yeah, if he then can he can be a big man in this league. Drink some fucking milk, dude. Strengthen your bones for us, I guess. Yeah, because right now, he's in that <laughs> Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson category of just white guys who <laughs> can shoot threes. Yeah, he gets like five rebounds a game at 7-3 <laughs> or something. And he doesn't shoot threes Disgusting. as well as those guys, so it's not even close to as good. Oh, man. Speaking of uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., there's guys like him and Fournier and um, Oubre who are out there. Otto Porter Jr. who are just like these these wings who can score and play a bit of defense. Yeah, it's like three and D, but not ideal three and D. Basically, it's like yeah, a lot more a lot more three than D. Or I guess for Porter Jr. and Oubre, it's more D than three. Yeah, Hardaway's a good defender now, though. Hardaway's like a legit three and D guy at this point. I. I thought it was amazing how well he stepped up in the playoffs next to Luka when uh, KP wasn't quite getting it done as the second option. Yeah. I think that alone is enough to get him a pretty big contract this offseason. He's probably going to get paid more than those other three guys I named. Probably. he's Yeah, I think he's the best out of the bunch of all those guys. Um, but I do still, I still have hope for Kelly Oubre, um, even though, God, if you can't really get it done in Golden State, that's kind of tough for you right there. But they also they also didn't have clay, so their spacing they the Warriors just didn't actually really have good spacing this year, and so that's Kelly Oubre can't really thrive in a system that doesn't have spacing because he's not a good shooter himself. Right. So to see him go to a team that has outside shooting would be pretty awesome, where he could just kind of lock down on defense, take a few shots, run out in the break, throw down some fucking yams, uh, do a couple more commercials calling himself Tsunami Poppy. <laughs> yeah, I think um, one of those guys, one of those four, is going to end up going to the Hornets. The Hornets have a lot of cap space, and that's a need that they need to fill. Mm. Someone, someone to compliment uh, Miles Bridges, someone, another wing that can do the things that he does well. Um, the Pistons are another team that could use that. And they, they have cap space. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks just go ahead and re-sign Hardaway Jr. Because they have a lot of cap space, and he was very good for them. I don't see why they don't just run it back. I'd be surprised if they let him go, too. Because, yeah, he was one of their more valuable players through the entire season last year. And even the year before that, too. He's just 
He's turned into, like, a really, really good just complimentary piece for, like, just to go along with a star guy. Like, he just, he has huge balls, he hits big shots, he fucking jacks it up when he needs to, and then otherwise he just plays his role. So, right. I'd want to keep him around. I'd like to have him back on the Knicks for the fucking third time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the third time, that's fine. <laughs> we just only had him when he wasn't good, it was awesome. Um... So we should talk a little bit about the Celtics. They they need help at point guard. They don't have much money to work with. They they freed up a bit by moving from Kemba to Horford, but I haven't seen a lot of buzz with them with like the Lonzo Balls of the world, mm. or with like Lowry or uh, Conley. Yeah, I get. But I've seen I've seen like I've seen a lot of buzz around Pat, Patty Mills going to Boston. That'd be fun. And I, it, it'd be all right because he he could play well next to Marcus. Marcus can hide a lot of his defensive inefficiencies. He can just be a guy who takes the ball up the court and is a good three point shooter. Yeah. Not sure what else he really brings to the table in uh, in the twilight of his career. Be interesting for Patty Mills to be a starting point guard at this point in his career <laughs> when he's been a reserve yeah. for such a long time. But from what the Celtics are looking at when it comes to point guards, I mean. Is there a chance the Celtics could? Is there a chance they could end up with Reggie Jackson? Maybe. Um, I would hate that. <laughs> why, dude? Playoff Reggie. I can't stand Reggie Jackson. <laughs> what a fucking hater! How about? Can I interest you in Derrick Rose if the Knicks don't re-sign him? I could get behind D Rose. I think. You'd be fucking lucky if you could get behind D Rose. <laughs> fucking regard dude he's a legend <laughs> yeah I would be happy to have Rose yeah he's awesome that's just a god he's just such a fucking wise sage right now he just brings culture he brings just flair and personality just this fucking this solemn like quiet confidence that you're like this guy's gonna get it done I want the Knicks to resign him I love Derrick Rose now <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the Celtics are going to do, though, because it's basically your options are, unless, depending on who you can get, it's fast PP is just going to jump from averaging four points a game to now starting. <laughs> or no. you can just start Marcus Smart at point guard and then fill out the rotation also, no. around that. Which, Marcus Smart's not a bad passer, but the scary thing is Marcus Smart taking the ball off the floor every time, because then the ball's in his hands yeah. and he can make the decision that he wants to. <laughs> Yeah, just chucking a three with 17 on the shot clock. Yep. <laughs> the hand in his face. He's like, oh, dude, they're not <laughs> guarding me. <laughs> I gotta take this. <laughs> and Tatum's like, dude, there's a fucking reason they're not guarding you, bro. <laughs> but Jalen uh, Rose says, open for a reason. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Open for a fucking reason, Marcus Martin. It's because you're three for 12 in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I I've, I heard this rumor that Demar Derozan would be willing to sign with the Lakers for the mid level exception. Mm-hmm. I actually that I that... heard that too, dude. That he was gonna like he would take like eight or nine million to be with the Lakers. Yeah, he's made a lot of money over his career, but that's just like that's something we don't see happen. I know. I would. I mean, I'd be happy for Demar Derozan to be able to go play back at home in L.A. And to be on a really good team, but 
that doesn't help the Lakers' facing issues at all, is adding a guy exactly who never fucking shoots threes. So your one just, through five is guys that do not shoot. Marcus All might be the best shooter out of all of them, and he's a reluctant <laughs> fucking three-point shooter. That's scary, yeah. dude. Yeah, bring it back old school. <laughs> yeah, dude, just fucking playing like... 2003 Pistons games just like 87-81 final <laughs> I do think that with AD LeBron and Westbrook they'll be able to crash so many fucking rebounds get a lot of second chance opportunities at least they'll fucking they'll pull a Sean Janos dude they'll eat glass bro <laughs> they'll just munch on, <laughs> munch on a ton of glass <laughs> they'll just be inhaling it with utter disregard for their bodies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are three guys there that, like, Westbrook averages more rebounds than LeBron. <laughs> I think, actually, Westbrook averaged more rebounds than LeBron and Davis last year. So, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. They could have, like, three guys averaging over, like, eight rebounds a game, probably. Oh, yeah. I think they'll, they'll, they'll crash glass, they'll play good defense. I mean, they'll get a lot of offensive rebounds because they will have no shooting, so <laughs> they can pad the offensive <laughs> rebounding stats to the maximum. Right. Teams won't run out on transition on those long misses because they've only been shooting those threes. <laughs> Actually, Westbrook does chuck the bat. <laughs> he does chuck even though he's not going to make them. He chucks, dude. It's, uh, I don't like the fit of Westbrook there whatsoever, but I guess it's exciting to have a star player in mostly name at this point. Yeah, it, does, it, seems, it seems kind of desperate. It seems, it seems like a desperate move. Very desperate, dude. Yeah, I think LeBron's just like, ah, people aren't fucking talking about me enough. Like, even though Space Jam 2 just dropped, they're still not talking about me <laughs> enough. Like, let's let's do a big splash so we can get back in the fucking mainstream. Damn, I'm fucking boring. Sorry. I'm boring the shit out of you. That's such a big guy, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it was fun. Keep it in, keep it in. <laughs> I think we should go to the Venmos. <laughs> you get emotional talking about free agency right now. <laughs> yeah, dude, you said LeBron is washed. Now I'm so sad. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Now I gotta be a Durant fan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we've been off for a week or two. We've had quite a few Venmos stack up. Um, maybe I shouldn't say we. Maybe I should just say Zach has had quite a few Venmos stack up. I, I just have one. He's got, like, well, how many do you have? Like, 19? Uh, somewhere between 69 and 420. Pretty sure. Nice. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really counted, though. Oh, wait. It's four. Wow. It's, Lost it's count. four. Never mind. <laughs> four. That still holds the record for most of an episode. Grinding. Yeah, we should just take off multiple weeks in between all of them to rack up Venmos <laughs> and then just go yeah. ham. Yeah. So we can rack up Venmos. <laughs> hey, we're a team. We're in this together. <laughs> Remember, man, I'm starting to feel a lot more like a Robin, you know? <laughs> no way, dude. Feel, feel, a lot, feel a lot like Chris Middleton out here. <laughs> hey, man, you're the closer. <laughs> Alright, so here. we'll save mine I'm for last. Be- nice. I'm out here. What'd you say? I said, so we'll save mine for last. Yeah, that's the move right there. 
yeah, I'm out here. I'm I'm being a freak. I'm shirtless. <laughs> And then you're out here fucking closing it, getting it done, <laughs> making it, fucking putting the lid on these episodes, capping it off. But yeah, I can start off the Venmos right now. Uh, I got one from Dear Boy Jody Builder yesterday. He wanted us to discuss up, the kind of career that Arvidas Sabonis could have had in the NBA if he had come in in his prime, which... I have the basketball reference up right now. He, from the ages of 22 to 24, he played professionally in Lithuania. Then from 25 to 30, he played pro in Spain. And then he came to the NBA after that, 95-96, at 31 years old. Um, the thing is, <laughs> Sabonis in the NBA, just at 31 years old, you're fucking just pretty old for a big center at that point and he's playing in Europe forever he's probably chain smoking fucking cigs all the time like he probably <laughs> wasn't in the best shape of his life he his first year he averaged almost 15 8 and 1.8 assists the best year that he had was his third year he was 16 points 10 rebounds 3 assists everybody talks about how great Sabonis' passing ability was like overseas it just wasn't really happening in the NBA. Uh, maybe because he wasn't the focal point. Maybe because he was just already pretty old and learning the NBA game at that point was different. But three assists per game was the most he averaged in one season in the NBA, which is kind of crazy for a guy that's regarded as such a good passer. Right. Um, I think it's safe to say... Sabonis would be the best center of all time if he played in the NBA in his prime. Would you, <laughs> <laughs> would you disagree? Um, I can't <laughs> say I agree. But you didn't say you disagree. <laughs> so, oh, this is true. So those Portland teams he was on, where they were all right, they finished, you know, in the forties with win total every time, just like. Like a, a middling team, you know, like a, a four to six seed. Mm-hmm. Didn't make much noise. Um, by his third year, he was fighting for minutes with Jermaine O'Neal. I think if he had more of an opportunity, could have been really good. You know, they weren't putting the ball. You don't put your the ball in the center's hands in that time period. You know, it's a lot more traditional basketball, the point guard taking it up. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think if the question was if he played in the league today, that's, a, that's prime, what I was how just going to say. Been, I think he could have been amazing. He could have been like probably not as good as Jokic because, well, Jokic is one MVP. But, you know, he shot like a three a game. He, he, he did try to shoot threes. He's a big, massive body with a good touch around the rim and could pass. He could be like a diet Jokic in the league today. Yeah, I agree with that. I think back in the 90s, uh, 80s, and like back in the 80s and 90s, probably would have been worse for him. Um, but now if he was playing, like he'd take that 1-3 up to fucking 3 or 4 a game. He'd be at the elbow. The offense would probably be running through him way more, just slinging passes around the court. So... I think I agree with you. If he was to play in the league now, he could be... It's like, yeah, Diet Jokic. He'd be better than his son, DeMontis. 
I think he'd. Yeah. It's probably he'd like probably a, be a little similar. It's probably like a souped-up version of Demontis, honestly. Yeah, bigger Demontis. Yeah, just somewhere between like Demont- Demontis and Jokic. <laughs> He just literally looks like Demontis' dad. <laughs> it's so weird, dude, how that happens. Put him, put him on the Pacers, man. Have Arvidas be the center, Demontis the, the four. Oh, then they're just slanging that. <laughs> That'd be so fun. They're just slanging that thing around the court. That'd be awesome. It would be like um, the scene in Semi-Pro. <laughs> Where he's posting up and he just keeps feeding him the post and kicking it back out. He's like, I don't want it. Back to you. No, right back. Right back. Right back. No, no, I'm not ready. No, give it back. <laughs> that would be the offense. Yeah, that'd be nasty. So safe to say the Pacers would still be like a five seed. <laughs> right. But Sabonis, Every year. but Sabonis would be nasty. Probably not. I don't think he'd be MVP levels, but I think he'd be really, really good. Oh, yeah. And in this hypothetical situation, he's the same age as his son. <laughs> yeah, I like that so a lot. So I'm not sure what, what back to the future type of shit we got to pull for this to happen. <laughs> and in this hypothetical situation, he's dating his son, too. Just for, Oh, that would be very progressive. Yeah, just for fun. Just to, like, just to see what everybody thinks about... What everybody in fucking small-town Indiana is thinking about, first off. <laughs> two gay guys on the team that are in a relationship with each other, and then secondly, father and son being gay with each other <laughs> on the team. Let's see how let's see how that flies. Let's see how progressive everybody's going to be. Because you know what, I'm all about it. I think it's fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah I don't think we're quite on the father son wavelength here, but ah, <laughs> oh, weird, dude. You were, did you realize it's 2021? Yeah. Do you want to get the podcast canceled? I, I, I think you're in, like, 2041 right now. You're, like, a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> I'm on Mars right now, dude. <laughs> Where Elon Musk is the fucking president. He's married to his son. <laughs> his son. <laughs> Math equation. His son. <laughs> yeah, that's the fucking world I want to live in. Great submission, Jody. Um, Thanks a lot, Tom. Zach, what's next? All right, next up, we have my boy Ohm. Full name, I think it's Omkar Dazari. I'll double check right now. I'll just pull up the Venmo. Yeah, Omkar Derasari. My guy Ohm. He Venmoed us so we could discuss the top five biggest playoff dinks. <laughs> Ooh, I've been ready for this one. Yeah, this is an exciting one. Let's throw it to you. You should go first. Well, I, All right, let's see. You want me to go from? We'll see how many. Or maybe we should. Uh, should we guess each other's? Um. Yo. I think we should. We should alternate. Like, Studio. I'll say my fifth. You say your fifth. Then we work our way up to one. All right. Fuck yeah. Then let me. I'm gonna pull up my list right now. All right. Gotcha. And for for the listeners, Ohm actually just showed up here right now in perfect time for us to discuss the Dinks live for him. This is awesome. Wow, that's actually crazy timing. Did you go into your bathroom and say into the mirror, Ohm, 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 and then he appeared? I just started meditating, dude, and he just showed up. That's racist if you think that All right. you meditate, I'll just appear. <laughs> Hey, shut up, dude. Don't get us canceled. 
right. So my number five is Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay. He was higher up on he was higher up on my list than that. Right. He he came into the playoffs after a, an awesome playoff run last year, an awesome regular season. He was all NBA third team, and he got outscored by Bryn Forbes. That's such a fucking big L. And not to mention his fucking shooting numbers, dude. Were he was under thirty percent from the field. He was less than he was twenty nine from the field, twenty six from three, and averaged less than fifteen a game. Terrible. Yeah, that's just awful from play fucking from playoff Jimmy. Mega crust levels, dude. So playoff Jimmy, I had him at uh, three on my list. If you want to hear okay, who my number five was, it might break your heart. Who is it? It's LeBron. Uh, I have LeBron you are right. as my number five playoff dink, dude. Because uh, how hard did he fucking phone it in after Anthony Davis got hurt? Pretty hard. He was like, he was still like dead set on being like, I'm going to be the creator. I'm going to get these other guys involved. Get into the paint. Could probably put up a good contested LeBron layup where he's probably going to finish through someone, but instead kick it back out to a subpar shooter. Yep. And then also and just, uh, just fucking crying his eyes out every second anybody touched him on the court and just screaming at the refs instead of playing defense or playing offense most of the time. So, surprisingly, LeBron didn't make my list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised. But uh, also, LeBron only averaged 3.8 free throw attempts in the playoffs in that first round, which is... He wasn't getting the calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, here we go. A LeBron fucking truther right here. Disgusting. Yeah, it was his the lowest points he's averaged in the playoffs ever. Uh, the lowest rebounds he averaged in the playoffs ever. And the worst he shot from the free throw line. The lowest amount of free throw attempts. It was just like everything was down. So... Fucking dink, LeBron. Get cocked. He was hurt. He was hurt. <sighs> Whatever, dude. Don't fucking suck him off <laughs> even more. Just because you're the only right. person in the world that liked Space Jam too. I, I actually haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> oh, real LeBron fan there, huh? I'm waiting. Like Space Jam too. He didn't even watch it. Uh, respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my my number four. I'm ready to break your heart now. My number four is Kristaps Porzingis. I think that was also my number four, so don't worry. Nice. That was also my number four, so don't worry about my heart. I've come to terms with it. All right. I got a band-aid on I'll it. No- I'll have another chance to break it. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is what you want to do to me. <laughs> so, KP, supposed to be... Uh, the second star next to Luka, and he just wasn't. He was so soft. He was lost on defense. He would just get put into a switch against Kawhi or Paul George and just get toasted every time. Or even Reggie Jackson. <laughs> just get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> so sad. Luka had a fucking amazing, like one of the best playoff series I've ever seen. But it just wasn't enough because no one else on the team showed up, and KP's at the top of the list of guys who are supposed to show up. Mm-hmm. And so, Porzingis last year averaged 23 a game in the playoffs before he got hurt. This year averaged 13. If he had just averaged like 18 or 19 a game, they probably would have been the Clippers in that series since they went to seven games without Porzingis really doing fucking anything. Right. 
So that even makes him even more of a dink because I think he nearly single-handedly just like blew the series for them. That's what it seems like. Especially with the the contribution they got from Hardaway Jr. that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Don't worry, I can separate my emotions and logic when it comes to Porzingis right now. Alright, let's see if you can with this next guy. My third guy is Julius Randle. Well, I mean, that was my second guy, so... (laughs) 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 Once again, I could separate emotions and logic because I was very fucking disheartened by Julius Randle in the playoffs. Yeah, man. All-NBA second team. Or was he third? He was second, right? All-NBA second team. Yeah. All first and team fucking, dig. <laughs> the best player on the four seed, and they get upset by the five seed because he can't score. Yeah. He just lost absolutely all of his scoring ability against the Hawks in that series. Got walled off, shut down, locked up, thrown away the key <laughs> by a team that's not even good at defense. Yeah, and he put up fucking numbers in the regular season, dude. He was 24 a game, 45 from the field, 41 from three. Like, actually putting up solid numbers in the playoffs. Dropped to 18, 29% from the field, and 33% from three. 29 from the field, just like Jimmy. And Terrible. six threes a game at 33%. Like, that's fucking... That, he was just desperate. He knew, like, he had no idea what he was doing. He's just like, I gotta jack up something. Oh, yeah. Dude, and 29% from the field on 18.8 attempts per game. That's scary. Scary. <laughs> scary hours. And you're, you said your three was Butler, right? And yes, my three was Jimmy. And then so my two right, was Randall. <laughs> yeah. So my two is Benny Boy Simmons. Big Who man. the fuck is your number one, dude? Oh, you should know. So Ben Simmons was fucking garbage. He notably passed out of an open layup in crunch time against the Hawks in Game 7 for a Matisse-Thibel floater. Oh my god. A fucking wide-open dunk, too. I just watched that like ten times in a row the other day, and it was disgusting. He just made all these strides as a defender this season. He was in the uh, Defensive Player of the Year discussion. He was all defensive first team. And he just seemed to have undone everything by how abysmal he proved to be on offense in, the, in a playoff series. Yeah. It was... Everybody was so high on Ben Simmons after the regular season that he had. He was supposed to be... He was, like, top two or three in player defensive player of the year voting. And then his value just instantly dropped off a cliff. And now he basically has to leave Philly. Or the fans will probably fucking throw batteries at him at games. <laughs> <laughs> and Meek Mill will finally fucking drop a diss track against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna wait until he's out of Philly. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so he doesn't have to see him in the streets. So, was Simmons your one? Simmons was my number one. Yeah. Nice. He was my number one at first, but I made made the decision to make this last guy my one. He was originally my two. Now he's my one. Is this just a fucking internal grudge that you're holding, or what? Uh, partially. I think he definitely deserves to be on the list. Okay. And that's Rudy Gobert. <laughs> this is such a grudge. <laughs> it's not, dude. He was so bad. He, he brings nothing to the table on offense, and then 
the thing he's supposed to be great at defense. He got played off of the floor by the Clippers just because they played Nick Batum at center. Yeah, it's it's true. He was not good. Uh, they also, he was getting fucking, uh, yeah, he was getting annihilated the entire time. I, yeah, I don't like have the Clippers any defense is, they, All you have to do is put five shooters on the floor and everything he brings to the court, his three-time defensive player of the year pedigree, is all moot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the fucking venom that's spitting out of your mouth right now is crazy. <laughs> You're so angry about Rudy Gobert. And he's supposed to be a max player? Are you kidding? <laughs> Dude, you know it's funny? What? Joe always calls Rudy Gobert Rudy Godare. <laughs> I never That's pretty and good. I never correct him. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, just just silly little Joe things. It'd be cool if you called him Ruby Godare. Like switch the letters. <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool if you called him Ruby yeah. Jade from Lonely and Horny. <laughs> True. <laughs> Shout out. I'm here. Legend. Yeah. But this is more than just a personal grudge. Maybe he shouldn't be one, but he should totally be on the list. He's definitely more of a dink in the playoffs than LeBron. Uh, I mean, I don't know, dude. At least he tried. LeBron just didn't even try past, like, game four or five. LeBron was on the court. He didn't get played off the court in crunch time in game seven or game six. They lost in six, right? Uh, they lost in... They lost. Did they lose in six? I think they lost in six. Yeah. Number one yeah, is Rudy so. Gobert. <laughs> I respect. There's a big, <laughs> big discussion over whether uh, Gobert or Mitchell is the best player on the team. I think it's obviously Mitchell. And if if there's even if it, if it's one A one B, your one B can't just be out there like getting played off the fucking court in the playoffs. That's like. Ben Simmons, Kristaps Porzingis levels of being a dink. Yeah, now I'm so beyond fully off Rudy Gobert, I have to say. Like, even like next regular season, everything like that, too. It's just, if you can't, if your role, you're just like a souped up uh, rim runner and like defensive player, that can't be, you can't be making $30 million a year. But if your team's paying that guy $30 million a year, you're fucked. So, the Jazz are fucked unless they can trade him. Yeah, much rather have Capella for like half the price. I'd rather have Duncan Robinson for twenty, and then like <laughs> other guys like that that can actually just score the ball. Right. So, um, I can thank you in person. Thank you for this uh, Venmo. I was able to work a lot of fucking Rudy Gobert slander yeah, into this. Turn, that was very I'll turn nice you to him right now. Sean said thank you for the Venmo. <laughs> yeah, no <thanks> problem. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah, shout out right, for that, Venmo. It's always great to talk about dinks and to call people dinks. Oh, yeah, I love it. So what's really next on the docket? Rudy Gobert. You blew it. Gavish? Gavish? <laughs> <laughs> That's my whole reason. Uh, you could say it for all those cucks. All right, so the next Venmo is from my... Oh, Harkness pal, Connor Elsie. Shout out his radio show that he hosts at uh, Southern University up in Connecticut. Uh, I think he'll probably be doing that again, like, this school year. So when I get the information, you know, we'll give him a good shout out. But Connor paid me basically just to recite a few things on the podcast. One, the ABA is better than the NBA. 
Uh, no disagreement from me there whatsoever. <laughs> uh, fuck it. Yeah, back in the day, dude. Oh, back oh, in yeah. the days, AVA. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Rasilla. That's he's listened to too much Rasilla. <laughs> and then the next was that Kenneth Fareed is the greatest basketball player of the 2010s. <laughs> All right, you lost me. <laughs> that's where a uh, slight disagreement from me. <laughs> but Kenneth Reed's first career points were off of an alley oop, so that's pretty hype. Nice. I'd give him that <laughs> something. <laughs> it's like the coolest thing you could probably say about him. Um, and then next, that Dr. J is better than Michael Jordan. And I, you know, he's really doubling down on the ABA thing. He's, he's really grinding on the NBA and just bad takes in general. <laughs> And then the last one is that Jude Hage is topping. <laughs> oh, I'm back. On, I'm back on board. Which, yeah, he saved the day with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that Jude is topping. He had me in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> but he fucking he came back around, and closed off strong. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> shout out Connor for that. Shout out Jude Hage for. Always being there to give sloppy to his bros when they're in need. It's very appreciated from everybody. Oh, yeah. Unsung hero. Yeah. Anybody going through dry spells, there's a drought or anything, like, just, <laughs> just fucking hit up Jude, dude. He's got you. Swallow your pride, he'll swallow you whole. <laughs> Perfect. Um, All right. Uh, last one. What's your fourth one? So my fourth Venmo is from... The lovely, gracious queen, my provider, my girlfriend, Margot Doyle, she Venmoed me to have us have a rap battle about our favorite teams. So. All right. Sounds good. It's freestyle season for the boys on the podcast. Uh, What do you think? Maybe we just do like, (laughs) what do you think? We just do like two verses each or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, fuck yeah. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Um, I'll go. I, I've got I got juices flowing right now. <laughs> Alright, I don't know. I don't want to know what kind of juices they are, but... They're creative ones. Which also <laughs> happen to be stored in the balls. And happen to be very sticky. Alright. Alright, let me... Wait, let me, let me lay down the... Let me lay down the beat for you. All right, do it. Uh. Thunder, Celtics, Hornets. Those are the teams I like, and it's not because of the Luke Hornets. No, it's because of my boy, Kemba Walker. He's the man. I'll shove you in a locker. Uh. All right, is it on of me? <laughs> Yeah, it's on to you. That's all I got. <laughs> Alright, let's lay down the beat. <laughs> Alright, ready? Favorite team is the New York Knicks. All their fans have really big dicks. Not a lot of offense, but we got Tibbs. Julius Randle, all NBA. You got Jason Tatum. He's just okay. 
Celtics fans, why don't you go away? You guys can't hang with us or even play. Nice. First verse. That was pretty good. All right, all right. I need to think now. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. I'm good. Right. I'm not even gonna think. Here we go. I don't need my. That's brain. how freestyling goes. Ready? Yeah, I like Kemba Walker because of UConn. Something, something, something. God, this is hard. <laughs> that was that was good. All right, beat beat that. <laughs> Alright, let me down the beat again. <laughs> Fuck, I thought UConn would be an easy rhyme, and I really couldn't get I it. I thought you were going to say thong, probably, to rhyme with it. Oh, man. <laughs> Alright, later. Alright, you're just. Alright, here's your chance to fucking put me away. Here, ready? You're a fan of so many teams, don't know where your loyalties lie. All I know is that you sound like a fake guy. If I was with you right now, I'd punch you in the eye and say the Knicks are the best, and then you would cry. Damn. And that's how it's done, folks. That's how fucking... Damn, that's how son, bar- where'd you find this? <laughs> that's how bars are made. That's how fucking bangers yeah. are created. All right, I'm calling collusion here. You had your your girlfriend send you in a layup. <laughs> she, she also sent me everything. She sent me everything to say too. She wrote a script. Wow, ghost go, ghost written by Margo. <laughs> yeah, so if you thought that rap was really good, <laughs> shout out Margo Doyle. She's the greatest rapper and the greatest girlfriend. Dang. I should come. I, I should have went at you more. I I didn't treat it like a battle. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was, yeah, I was trying to incorporate some Celtics resting into mine. <laughs> yeah, you kind of fucking got me. The you're a fan of so many teams thing, I fucking died. Yeah. I passed away when you said that. Yeah, baby. <laughs> fucking knocked your soul out. <clears throat> Oopsie. Don't, don't, nice. don't Awesome it. submission, Margo. <laughs> awesome submission, Margo. Uh, <laughs> wish I, I think I did fine, actually, you know, being on the spot. I think you did great. But Zach obviously fucking dusted me. I think you're the next you're the next little dicky dude. Nice. <laughs> but only right, only in terms of dick size. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. I'm feeling Battle continues, baby. <laughs> I'm feeling like a fucking medium well state. <laughs> oh perfect. <laughs> oh, no, not perfect. <laughs> I'd say I'd say Alright, alright. Rare. Yeah, medium rare is my the way I go. So I'm gonna close it out. I got one Benmo. It's a quote. It's uh, from the guy who started us out. It's Jody Bilda. He wants me to uh, shout him out. He says that Jody is the best budget baller in NBA 2K My Team. He's a problem, not a plumber. Not a fucking plumber. Not a plumber. I don't think there's anyone 
that I know that's better at 2K my team than Jody. I shouldn't even say think. There's I know that there's no one better than Jody at my team. Dude always has the fucking best cards. He's definitely a budget baller. He gets the best guys for the lowest MT. He's nasty. Yep. He keeps tra- He keeps a fucking logbook of the guys that he buys and then how much he sells them for. Like he's fucking doing the accounting for his my team. He's fucking legit. And he never pays. For- he doesn't pay to play. So fuck those nerds that pay to play. No. No, no, no. No, he w- you won't see him buy in BC. No, sir. Yeah, no fucking chance. But he'll still roast your ass online. <laughs> yes, sir. Alright, so... That's the end of the pod. It was a, quite a dense one. We had a lot to get through. But we're, we're back on track. We're going to be back to giving you weekly episodes. Hopefully. Nah, not hopefully. Back to weekly episodes, baby. We're getting it. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's the Charles Barkley guarantee. Fucking teed, dude. Alright, Zach, is there uh, anything else that you would like to say before we sign off? (laughs) I'd like to say. That aroused me slightly. Um, Shout out to everybody that Venmoed us. Us. (laughs) We're a team. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. In the past two weeks. Sorry about the delays on this. You know, busy boys, but we're going to get back on schedule. Mm -hmm. We appreciate everybody checking in, everybody that's reached out, asking about episodes and everything, all that jazz. We really appreciate you guys listening to us, and we'll be back to talk about the Knicks signing all the best free agents uh, very soon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Keep on telling everyone you know about us. Keep on subscribing. Keep on listening. You guys know the drill. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Spread the fucking gospel. Love you guys. Love you. Peace out, everybody.